1: and if you disagree with anything we talk about, you are a racist and no better than Hitler. What? Let's get started. Wait, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lactile Dysfunction Podcast. I'm Ashton Cohen. I'm Ashton Cohen. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that a lot of people have asked that we cover, uh, something I have a little bit of familiarity with and have dabbled a bit with myself. That's the world of NFTs non-fungible tokens. Uh, For those of you who are unfamiliar, you probably heard by now of of some of these NFT digital artwork projects selling for millions, tens of millions. Uh, One of the artists in particular that got a lot of attention was this guy named Beeple. $69 million he sold his uh, digital artwork NFT for. Uh, There are several NFT projects today that have raked in billions in sales in just the last year, year and a half. One of them being CryptoPunks, I think about $2 billion in sales. Board 8 Yacht Club is around 3 billion in sales. There's several other projects around there. And you know, you're seeing so much, so many of these elite institutions, blue chip companies, famous figures jumping in the space with mixed results. So it's already a multi-billion dollar phenomenon in the NFT space. And we are at the ground floor of it. Um, the question is: is this all bullshit? Does someone claim? Is it a fad? Are they digital beanie babies or is this the beginning of something that will have significant long-term impact on society? So I've brought in someone who's intimately familiar with the space. His name is Arvind Hamza. Arvind has deep familiarity with the space. Um, He has worked on over 400 NFT projects, consulted with hundreds of companies in the space. And uh, so we thought he'd be a great person to ask about NFTs and what it's all about, where it's going. So uh, Arvind, thanks so much for being with me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. Uh, so if we start off with like sort of overview of NFTs, where did this all start? Uh, why did it blow up in the last year to two years? It really went from being this insignificant sort of niche thing to, like we said, raking in billions of dollars and being all over CNBC and the news and all that. How did that all happen the last couple of years uh, and, and why?
0: Yeah, so originally in 2015, um, and back in the day, I think a lot of people, I mean, I actually looked at a lot of people's wallets uh, to see like when, you know, some of these whales, like when they started actually buying in NFTs, There's some people who bought like land in like years ago before it was like, uh, so when I'm talking about virtual land years ago when it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't $10,000 square. Um, and so um, it originated in 2015, but um, about October last year, um, that is, October 2021, that's where it started um, going on a accelerated rate to just being very well known in across the world. Um, and I believe it was in November or December 2021, where um, the search results for NFTs actually surpassed uh, cryptocurrencies. Wow. Yeah. And so, so that was a really big moment for NFTs um, because. And that's the point where, you know, like obviously everyone's searching for it. Everyone's trying to figure out like what it is, right? Now, um, I do remember beginning of 2021, um, I think it was a very close circle of like my friends and uh, including my, and, and also my sister. Um, we just, you know, we talked about NFTs a bunch of times, but there wasn't a lot of communities um, to, to the extent that they, they, they are right now. Nowadays, like, you know, there are like NFT parties, like in where I live. Right. So there's there's so many things going on, like a lot of people talking about things um, in some countries like Philippines, Indonesia, um, because of the play to earn uh, aspect of the NFTs, NFT just became really well known. So just for people who may not know what the play to earn is actually referring to, it's essentially a game that um, a, like an NFT holder would be able to uh, play that game um, and then also earn cryptocurrencies. Now, the reason that got really popular in some countries is just because it's essentially um, your time that you put into playing the game and you can earn income. Um, and so it was an additional source of income. There were a lot of people who um, weren't able to maybe um, make money online uh, through you know traditional ways, and this was a new way, and so it just became really popular because of that. Um, and then some other countries are still Pretty behind, so for example, US Canada is still pretty behind, surprisingly. Um, and um, c- countries that are like on the forefront of things, um, are Australia and uh, New Zealand, and then a bunch of other countries for just for the play to earn mm-hmm. aspects of things. But actually, US and Canada is pretty behind,
1: yeah. So the play to earn things interesting. The um, just so people get an idea, so Axie Infinity, I guess, is the top NFT project by sales, I think it's a four billion dollars, and so. It's essentially just a game like any other game, uh, right. There's nothing really weird or unique about it. It's just like a, a game you don't play. But then I guess the people get rewarded um for doing certain things in the game with with a Axie token, I believe, right? And that's you know, can be sold like another cryptocurrency, and then there's probably like what, like uh figures in the game or Axies or whatever they call it, like the little monsters or something that you can you can own and then you can sell those, is that right? Yeah, and nowadays okay. like even even assets inside the game.
0: Um, I, i'm not uh i don't know if that's specifically true for axie infinity but there's a lot of other games that as well um some of the assets like let's say you know the, the guns ammo's like mm-hmm. uh let's say uh, armor land right um mm-hmm. all those are in the form of nfts which mm-hmm. you can buy and sell and then also loan to other people and that's actually another utility um where you can actually make money by just loaning specific assets um, during these games, which, or, or it could be a character. Let's say you play a character, you level up that character to a specific level where it's just, you know, maybe it has more power, more skills, so on and so forth. Um, and then you, know, you can loan that character uh, to someone else who wants to play. Um, and then so you can make money, they can make money as well. There's not actually a lot of things going on. So I think we're 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 pretty, in a, in a, in a way, we're actually pretty new to actually exploring a lot of that there is a um, aspect of the play-to-end game that's uh, revolving around the DAO uh, so uh, meaning like a lot of people essentially just in simple term um, a lot of people in the community who have that specific let's say NFTs and playing that game they decide like where the money like some of the money should go to like the money for example go to this like treasury um, and then they make the game with, better with that or they go buy new characters by new lands, um, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of things actually going on in that, um, but um, yeah, Axie Infinity um, is, is one of the,
1: obviously, the top, top ones that everyone, you know, is right. familiar so, with. So that's a really important thing I think a lot of people have, have missed. So um, a lot of people don't realize this, but Ethereum, the founder of Ethereum, Vitalik Buterin, like his impetus for starting Ethereum uh, was actually being screwed over in World of Warcraft. So World of Warcraft was a video game. I'm sure everyone's familiar with it, played by millions of people, probably generated billions of dollars for going oh, to Activision, Activision Blizzard, right? And uh Vitalik was like had like the most powerful character in the game. Like it was like a level 99 or whatever it is. I'm not sure how how high levels go in that game. But it was like the most powerful badass character. And he he, he was so powerful, like he, he spent so many hours you know, building up this character and doing whatever you do in World of Warcraft that they changed the rules because of him. And then, and Vitalik went like apeshit apparently. And that was kind of what led him down the path to start Ethereum where you, and, and cryptocurrencies, right? Uh, Ethereum being one of the, one of the you know, staples of the cryptocurrency ecosystem. So many things are based on Ethereum blockchain. And, uh, you know, the whole point being, you own your individual assets. So there's going to, we're not there yet, but it's, it seems very clear there's going to be a time Uh, Probably very, very near future, probably in a couple years, where you're going to have a game with cultural significance of Halo or World of Warcraft or something of that nature being built uh, around NFTs so that you can actually own that gun. Activision Blizzard or, you know, uh, Rockstar Games or whoever can't take it away from you. That's yours and you can sell it. And, you know, once a game like that blows up, you're easy to imagine somebody paying like a million dollars for that one gun, you know, in Halo or whatever it is, that one sword. Um, you know, this happens all the time, people spend billions on games. Um, Grand Theft Auto, for example, Grand Theft Auto Five, is the highest, a lot of people know, don't know this either, the highest selling media title of all time. So that includes any book, any movie, any uh, album, it's, it's raked in over $5 billion. So it's the most profitable, uh, it's, it was the highest grossing media title of all time. So that's how big games are. Big games are are incredible, uh, you know, they're as they're big as it gets in terms of entertainment. Uh, the money to be made from them, and once you're able to actually, uh, you know, own individual aspects of that game, and no one can take it away from you, which is sort of you know the whole promise of cryptocurrency. That's a big deal. That's a that's a that's a multi. It's a hundred plus billion dollar kind of thing, because uh, we we're all we all play games in different capacities now. So that's, it's very interesting. Now the play to earn thing. I heard the Philippines is like really big in Axie Infinity for some for some reason, and so that's a way they actually you know you know you live in a third world country. Here's a one way you can actually. You know, so trade your time for if you're good at this game, we, we're familiar with uh, here in the States and in Canada, you have people who are sponsored like athletes, right? They're professional video gamers who make like millions. So that's gonna be a thing. That's gonna be a whole ecosystem in itself. So that's one aspect. So we haven't seen the game part like blow up as much because we're so early in. The, the stuff that has really significantly increased in value uh, or you know, been generating a lot of the headlines, a lot of the big bucks has been stuff like, Board Ape yacht club or crypto punks. So these are essentially some. A lot of people have probably seen these. Celebrities have them on their Twitter handle, or whatever. And they're like these profile pictures. They'll usually be like minted, like ten thousand to be minted, and then um, you know. And these things, like just today, like I, I was looking, there were there was a Board Ape yacht club picture sold for half a mil. Uh, I think the record is still like over two mil. Same thing with crypto punks. They sell for a quarter mil, half a mil every day. So and people would say it's like a you know digital. Uh, Rolex, in a sense, it's like a way to flex, you know, or, or whatever it is. Now, why do, now there's obviously like tens of thousands of, of NFT projects. There's like no barrier to entry, you know, right. So many, I almost anybody can start one. Why is it that certain projects you've worked with so many of them, certain projects become incredibly successful, even though they don't have a pre-existing IP, they kind of come out of nowhere and then they just, they build this incredible following. What are some of the, the, the fundamentals you look at? uh, that m- may predict success or that, you know, are, are, um, good indicators of something that's going to get a following, for example. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, and I don't quote me on this, but I believe it's actually 500
0: new NFT projects a day. Wow. okay. Cool. Yeah. So it's a lot. Um, that's a and lot. And <laughs> yeah. So, so for that reason, actually, it's really, I think that actually brings me to, to the concept that. Okay, so if like a project that comes out is very similar to other projects, chances that they're gonna do well mm-hmm. is very slim. Um, and actually, so you talked about board Apes. Uh, there are way too many derivatives of board mm-hmm. Apes at the moment. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it, by the way. Some of them are still successful. Like I actually have some of them in my program. They're still successful. Um, but uh, it's, it is dying down. Like I think derivatives of board apes is fine but like derivatives of um board apes or anything that's already doing well as derivatives is it's actually going out of fashion i believe right um and so now what what's making projects successful um i would say this year and it's really different like if someone listens to anything that i've uh, done on shows or podcasts over the last year or like even beginning of this year i would say completely different thing but um at the moment What really matters um, is just how many whitelisters you have. And for those people who don't know what whitelisters are, essentially, if you think about your um, crypto uh, wallet, so whether it be a a MetaMask or Phantom wallet, whatever that is, that has an address, and that address could get submitted to a smart contract of an NFT project, um, which allows you to buy the NFT at an earlier date than other people than the public right so it's it's more of a more of a what what is called a private sale so now the reason this is very important is because I I guess I will tell you like what it was like last year and then what, what has changed this year so last year it was like I would say during let's say even November December 2021 there were a lot of projects out there but the community the NFT community whether it be the newbies or even just the ones that um, were savvy in buying and selling NFTs. They were very trusting of um, NFT projects saying things and also delivering on their promises. Now, um, sometimes I would think that they were maybe too trusting um, of uh, like you yeah. know what everyone says. Now we're on the other side of the spectrum right now. So now people, it's the smallest thing that they see um, that actually may have no relevance to
1: the uh, to the health of a project, they consider that a rock ball. More skeptical Cause they got probably hosed a few times, right? yeah. a few projects that were quite shady. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and so, and that has happened so many times and plus, yeah. plus all the scams. So like you talked about Axie Infinity, I believe they, they just had like a recent hack of like $600 million. Um,
1: so, Oh wow. Okay. Right. I vaguely remember that. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And so there is, um, so the A numerous number of hacks Um, and then there's a lot of projects who just were cash grabs and just you know took people's money and then um, you know they didn't deliver on their promises so things have changed and then also if you think about it like back in the day um, you would maybe join 10 discord communities um, of projects so for people who don't know discord if you think about like whatsapp or like telegram or any of those um, platforms. It's just a p- platform for communities, especially gaming um, and NFT people, to right. come together um, and then support a specific
1: project. Um, well, like the
0: old AOL chat out- rooms, interestingly, yeah. kind of coming back forever.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so, so the the reason, about, uh, by the way, it's, it's actually being chosen for NFTs just because people can stay anonymous, and also it has a lot of features for managing communities. So NFT marketing is all about. Man, like it's actually building and managing communities and then influencing them to actually buy your NFTs, and then stick into it um, And keep raising the floor price so on and so forth. So going back to what's working In the past, um, it was about building a huge discord You know some of the discord um, channels that like discord servers that I built like last year They were up to like 220,000 people in it um, And this year, that's not really a valuable thing because Let's say, if you're a NFT enthusiast, you may be part of at least 10 to 20 other servers, so we're all just competing for your attention at that point. Um, and so at this point, we've just gone past the time of just having being a you know, uh, I guess gaining Discord members being a valuable thing, it's no longer a valuable thing. Um, and so this is literally that moment where that has changed. So we're actually cutting. Um, that like middle step from people joining a Discord and then just getting excited, getting excited about the project, and just committing to buy the project by just being part of the whitelist. Just basically like uh, cutting that middle step and just saying, hey, we're only just gonna have people who are whitelisted join our Discord. We don't want other people who are not interested. So mm-hmm. it is that exclusivity that goes with it, but also, um, it's actually better for people because they, 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 they've made their mind and they say, Hey, like we want to buy this NFT. So now we're going to go into this project. Let's talk about the
1: project with everyone else who's going to buy it. So it's actually a better experience for them. Right. How do they find out about the, um, the, to, to even get onto that whitelist? What what were the common places that people uh, even discover these, uh, potential projects? Perfect. So in the
0: past, um, it used to be that you would have to join a specific Discord community of a project, um, and then in the past we we would use you know influencer marketing. We would use Instagram ads, take people to a specific Discord, say hey. Um, essentially, we would bribe them and say hey, like if you join the Discord, first of all, it's like going to be a great community, but also we're going to do giveaways, um, uh, giving away this, giving away that, so on and so forth. So that's that's what it was in the past. Um, and then once you join the discord, then you would have to become a level five engager, level 10 engager, maybe invite your uh, mm-hmm. friends to it. Um, and then you would become a whitelister. Um, so that was the re- requirement, the criteria, but mm-hmm. I've actually got to watch how this has evolved. So initially it was like, if you just like a level three engager on discord and level three engaging for uh, just people may not know, uh, essentially if you're just engaging more than the average people would do. Um, and mm-hmm. so there are level, levels for it. Uh, so level three is obviously more engaged than level two, right? So right. It, it was a made up number of level of engagement that we would say, hey, so if you're like that engaged, we would consider you, you're, you're just essentially part of our wireless. So it was mm-hmm. kind of made up. Um, but that has changed over time. Even back in like December, I remember we would tell people be like, you have to be level 10. And then in January, um, we would have, we would have people be level 20. Um engage it, which means so just for people to so have a reference of what that means, which means essentially you have to. It's almost like a part-time job on a Discord server. Right, right. So you have to spend hours and hours on this Discord server. Maybe like you know you just put put all the important things into like and just yeah. chat with people about this, pro- this cool project that may or may not actually even do anything. Um, right. And so it's ridiculous, right? And so and then we we pass that now at this point where. People know. First of all, know this: they don't want to jump through um, so many hoops, and they cannot. And actually, physically, like it's not human. So you can't right. possibly be a level twenty engaged engager on twenty Discord's. It's just not right. going to happen. Um, and so, so now we've gone to the point where whitelist um, is ha- so whitelist requirements have changed. So sometimes people do it with collabs with other brands and say, "Hey, we think everyone in your brand." is actually going to be interested in our brand. So let's say, for example, uh, maybe Older Woman, um, and then like Woman of Crypto, and then let's say C01, and these projects that they have some cultural reference uh, to do with women, they would just do collabs. Um, and then, and I'm not saying they did, I'm just giving an example, mm-hmm. um, uh, they would do collabs. And because they were like, okay, your community is going to be interested in mine. So if you do a collab and give away some wireless chances are they're actually going to follow through and buy the NFTs. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how it became. Now the new version of this is, we actually make it even uh, like more clear to people and say, hey, you have to do these things before even joining our Discord. Like we're not gonna even let you into our Discord. There's no reason for you to be on Discord. There's no reason for you to be chatting with everyone else in the community if you're not gonna be a wireless center by the NFT. Um, And so what we do, we literally create a landing page um, outside the Discord and we say, hey, here are the requirements. Um, Go uh, essentially perform those actions that we ask you to. um, And then once you've done that, connect your wallet. um, So we we essentially get uh, your wallet address and we're gonna add you to the contract as a wallet. And we take that very seriously. So then when the time comes for you buying the NFTs, uh, we expect you to follow through and buy the NFTs.
1: Mm-hmm. So that has changed to this new what kind of things would they make them do, for example? Where were some examples?
0: Yeah, so right now like I have one project where we ask people, say hey, um you gotta follow us on Twitter, then you gotta retweet a retweet one of our tweets um and then join our Discord, connect your wallets, and then once you've done all of that, then you'd be part of our interest list. If you retweet it on um Twitter and said, hey um, I've just performed all those actions and be, uh, became part of this specific project, mm-hmm. uh, whitelist community. Then you actually become a whitelist. Uh, okay. For yeah. So, but the, the thing is, you can make it as hypey as you want, or make it yeah. as easy as easy as you want. Uh, but the the I guess the mm-hmm. the point here is that the the way to get the whitelist has changed. It's no longer just going through a Discord. It's actually we're cutting that step. We're just going straight to the uh, building and wireless community.
1: And there's, there's no like couple centralized places that people would would discover your project at this point, like, like a, uh, for example, you know, um, a place that you would like advertise or, or something of that nature is, it's, it's still very much like you, you, maybe you stumble upon them on Twitter or something like that. So there, there's many ways you can
0: advertise. So even like projects, like some large projects, I don't want to name them because um, I don't want to, but um, some large projects I've seen that they've, they've done really well. They're like top 10. Um, they have, uh, like they've done PR, they've done SEO, um, mm-hmm. they've yep. uh, paid influencers, they've, they've done paid ads. Um, and it's really funny because there's this notion that like if you do paid ads, then your project is no good. Um, mm-hmm. And it's coming from, it's literally just created, it got created in the community itself by like people who are not even like creators nor uh, buyers, literally just like random people started talking about this and became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the, the the ways to do this, for example, this wireless, what we're doing right now, we're literally just running um, Twitter ads, for example, um, mm-hmm. and running into this landing page, getting qualified people from Twitter, because. Um, majority of actually NFT conversations are on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. If for people who don't know, um, and then so we get them uh, to go to that page, become a whitelister, um, join our Discord, the and then wait until the day comes and then buy the NFT. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the interesting incentives you've seen for people who are owners uh, of these things, or or to incentivize people to buy in? So. I know for for coming from a sort of lawyer background, this is this is very interesting. This is one of the most interesting aspects of NFT for me is the uh, disruption of traditional IP law and traditional way you would go around intellectual property. So one of the interesting things Board Apes did, which is probably one of the reasons why it took off. I wish I, I wish I bought a couple of those. Uh, <laughs> I bought some I bought some Shot. That was my sort of experience, and I, I did quite well with that. You know, I, I have a bias towards already established IPs. I didn't think that things with no pre-established IP would be able to come in and just like, you know, dominate. I was expecting like Disney to come in and you know, Pokemon to come in that kind of stuff. Was waiting for it, it never happened. Uh, NBA was the first mover, and then you know, there weren't too many others so far. I'm sure they'll change. But interesting thing about Board Apes. So the the parent company of Board Apes, they still own the Board Apes brand. But when you buy a board ape, you own the intellectual property to your ape, which is kind of interesting. So you can print it on hoodies, you can, you know, you can make money off it, you can market your ape, uh, which, you know, as we said, these things go for like a minimum of a couple hundred grand now. So that's pretty interesting. And then there are some projects that are going a step further, and just like the the entire, you know, um, if you're an owner, then you can make use of all the IP right uh, associated with that project. So that's that's pretty crazy stuff. That's pr- I mean, the the potential applications for that. And, is it's is quite huge so there's that aspect and then um there are some other there are some other projects like i, I think there's one called cyber kongs and that's yep. like a top 20 and so the way the interesting thing they do i before we get let so me just mention board Apes as well because uh the, the holders of the board apes also one of the interesting innovations was like they uh uh, when, if you held the board ape at a certain time they gave you a mutant ape or something right so they give you like either a, a a serum where you could use it and then you could you have a new copy of your ape but like in a mutant form and those things go for like 50 grand or something like that so you just got like 50 grand for free uh so that was pretty interesting so like that's how they rewarded their members and then there's also like gary v has a thing i we, we, we talked about it right before this, Gary V has a thing called V Friends, where if you buy some of his NFTs, each NFT comes with a certain advantage, like some of the NFTs will come on your podcast, some, like if you own it, you get to go to the gym with him once a year, you're get to get there with him once a year. Then there are some NFT projects where they're actually connected to physical spaces. So if you own an NFT, you would get uh, exclusive access to this bar or this restaurant, right? So that's pretty interesting, kind of like a country club uh, kind of thing. Um, and then there's this thing called cyber Kongs, which I saw, which is kind of interesting where like, if you own these stupid little <laughs> picture monkeys, uh, or a- apes. And so every day you own it, you collect like banana coins and the banana coins are associated with, I guess, some, some market value. Uh, I don't know how much it go for like 30 bucks a coin or something like that. I think, uh, so that's kind of interesting. What are some other interesting applications you've seen that, uh, the NFT projects trying to incentivize people to own them? Yeah, there are actually a
0: lot. And um, the only problem with it is that uh, there's many many ways people have done. I don't know, I'll name a few, but the pro- the biggest problem I've seen with that is that people don't really think it through. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so like these large projects, they follow through and they have money to back it up. So I give you one example. There was this game where they said um, it was a play to earn game, and they said like you can like basically there was no like cap for how much a score you can have, um, and then there was a point where the whole system just broke down. So someone just made more money than the entire like treasury and they could buy the treasury. And then the whole thing was just like, it became a mess. And then they had to just like take everything down. Um, and so it, the, pro- the, the problem that I've seen, this, this happens by the way very often, is that like people come up with these like really exciting things, um, but they don't really, th- they don't have the capacity to actually project to see what happens on a larger scale. Um, uh-huh. And so, and then so things go wrong um one one example that i've actually seen that's just very actually a few example one is like okay so free nfts for example sometimes people do and this is so for marketing as well sometimes people do let's say hey like we're going to give you free nfts when um if you do xyz for us if you just follow us join our discourse so on and so forth um and then or let's say if you buy one of our nfts we give you another one of them for free now the problem with this is Uh, again like because just people don't think it through and a lot of people just thinking especially a lot of founders just thinking as soon as we sell out everything is great they don't really think past that time of sellout Mm -hmm. and they don't think like okay what about like next year two years down the line so what happens is if if i give you a free NFT for my from my project and if you're like If you're just okay like you're like okay i kind of like this project but it's okay like it's not a big deal and then the opportunity comes for you to list it you 100 list that and then make money from right 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 so so many projects over this they just completely failed um so what Mm -hmm. would happen is all these free nft buyers they would go list their nfts just because if you got something for free and you sell it for anything about free you've made profit um and so and then the project um, floor price, meaning the lowest um, amount of entry where you can buy the NFT, um, would just go so down that no one would even want to touch that NFT project ever mm-hmm. again. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then it would crash. So, so that's, that's one that I've seen that just like completely ruins brands. But then I've seen some where people say, hey, if you, um, and this one I like, but it's, it's got some problems with it. So they say, hey, if you, for example, buy 10 of our NFTs, Let's say if you're owner of five, but if you now become mm-hmm. an owner of 10, we're gonna give you 2% of our royalties. Um, now, the problem with that is royalties come, f- come from, again, selling the NFTs, right? So then right. these guys who are your biggest fans, they become incentivized to have other They're people right, sell their right. NFTs. And yes. then, so that becomes a mess on its own. Yes. Um, now, it's not like you never wanna have sales in your NFTs, like I know some projects actually they, they literally have zero,
1: like no, no volume. Right, that's but not like, good either. Yeah, yeah. It's so all more between that and the multi-marketing scheme is, is kind of what you want. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, and so, so that's like
0: that's that's the um, I think the the the, the cool thing to actually pay attention to is just like, okay, how is this going to be sustainable if we do these things, right? But I think typical thing that everyone does if they have a, like a male version, um, and then a female version, they're gonna have like a baby version of that. Like you were talking about the, Mm -hmm. uh, the serum. So like if you have a board ape and then you just put the serum on and you get the mutant, so these two have just been like very popular. Like a lot of people try to copy it in like many, many ways. Um, so Mm -hmm. like it could be an animal and then it's like, it's now it's like it's dads and then it's like family members. So, um, and then, um, what people do is just like, okay, as, as the founders of these projects, they just give you be like, Hey, like if you bought this. We also give you the other ones, So just like you were saying, um, incentivize them for um, for buying more or also like just, you know, just taking care of their community. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, there's like a lot of, uh, there are a lot of these things where, um, you know, communities coming up with, but I found that like the, the crazy thing is that like the sustainability is like completely missing. Like no one actually listens, like actually, actually, you know, sits down and just say, okay.
1: What happens when like thousand
0: people do this, or
1: two thousand yeah. people do this? Yes. Yeah. I want to create a uh, an, a Dr. Fauci NFT, and and for everyone <laughs> you own, you get a free booster and a mask. What do you think? <laughs> I play. <laughs> I, th- I think I think I can think I can kill it in Santa Monica and and uh, maybe like Soho, <laughs> uh, not, not, not too much. Maybe Seattle. Um, so th- the other aspect is sort of like where where do you see this sort of stuff going in terms of Gaming out the next couple of years, we touched on gaming. Do you see other applications, uh, that are for NFTs that are going to be really lucrative, um, or, or, you know, get a lot of, you know, get a lot of, uh, uh, interest generated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just,
0: uh, realized one more thing, um, as far as the, um, the utilities, mm-hmm. um, there's another aspect of things that so this has happened again, like I've seen so many projects, I see, um, random things as well. So sometimes people say, for example, like especially founders in the U.S., they say, we're going to give back to our community members this amount of money. Um, and that actually has problems with SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've actually watched a bunch of projects just get taken down because of like um, SEC wouldn't just be happy with um, how like they, they, they promise things. So essentially any money that you give back to your community um that's problematic so that's why actually one of the reasons why they just say hey we're going to give you an nfd just because I, apparently right, the right. SEC at this point they don't they don't care about including
1: tokens right so like the tokens are coins you can't give back so that's why they yeah you know, if yeah you know. and if you give back um then you got to be I think in a different country right, um, right. than the US which, is, which thing which thing unfortunately some of the um some of the good crypto projects uh you know over, overseas because of the just lack of clarity from the SEC and just stupid rules. I mean, we still have, you know, all all these uh, rules in terms of uh, investor accreditation, uh, where that basically prevents people from being able to invest in startups, for example, like ordinary people, which is just absurd because you can go to Vegas and bet your entire life savings on red and that's okay, but you you can't invest in like a promising startup. (laughs) And obviously so much of the, you know, so much of the innovation these next few years, um, you know, for probably probably decades is gonna come from crypto, crypto related uh, companies uh you know I'm, I'm sure some of the nft projects are gonna are gonna have interesting uh, businesses built around them as well and and we you know it'd be a real shameless based in singapore and dubai and places like that and the usa can't take advantage yeah and i've seen actually founders they move
0: out the us for that right reason. right mm-hmm. um and so mm-hmm. yeah that's literally a thing um and so but going back to your question so uh, as far as applications um i think some of the applications that people have not attention to or they they don't know about yet um or things like you know authors um doing their books as a form of nft for example Mm -hmm. um and you know they could have like hidden chapters you could have a meet and greet with the author um so those are like some things where and and same thing with music industry as well so with Mm -hmm. artists with um in the music or just like you know painting or whatever um and also the authors those three um avatars they um all have huge it's huge and also they all used to have like a lot of issue with um all these companies that they would have to pay a lot of their money to right um to be able to actually have distribution but now with nfts they don't have that and they cut those companies uh they cut the middleman they just essentially they are having their own distribution directly to their communities that they're building because of the NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that yeah. to me, that's actually the most sustainable, uh, part of the NFTs is literally that Absolutely. just because you can't touch that. Like that's yeah. so good, uh, for, yeah. for artists right. and for the community. There's no, n- that's never just going to go
1: away. That part is never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell that for a second? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, so that's, I, I'm, I'm glad that that's, that's, that is huge. So, um, for example, we have I don't know if you've seen this, but Blake Masters, who's running for Senate of Arizona, uh, Republican running for Senate of Arizona, famously wrote a book, uh, I believe was co-authored by Peter Thiel, or Peter Thiel wrote the four, but it was, it was a very prominent book, uh, Zero, was it Zero to One? Okay. Um, so uh, if you basically bought his NFT, uh, he, and it was just a few months ago he had it, if you bought that NFT, I think it was uh, somewhere around the grands, two grands, something like that, like a couple of thousands uh you now it's an NFT of his book essentially and uh you it gave you exclusive access to events with him and Peter Thiel um which is which is pretty cool for a lot of people are fans of, the, of Peter Thiel for sure so so that's one pretty interesting application that was in politics which is you know sort of slowest to to move around innovation and we've already seen a guy who's probably going to be center of Arizona um uh, basically uh you know, take part in this, which is quite interesting. So the, there's that aspect. then of course, you know, with, with music and stuff, like I remember, I'm sure you had the same experience as a kid. Like it was, you know, people have bragging rights for like discovering an artist first. Right. right. that was like a big, Oh yeah. I knew him before he was, you know, all mainstream, you know, everybody's <laughs> right. making emo stuff. right? And, and now you can actually prove it. Now it's like, Oh no, I bought that album, that NFT album. Uh, and now they're like, you know, Coldplay and selling billions of, uh, of dollars of ticket sales or whatever. Um, how much is that gonna be worth? That's gonna be worth a lot to a lot of different people. Imagine if you have the NFT, the Kobe's last game, right? I mean, these are huge things. And th- another application I saw, which is quite interesting, go to the, oh, a free concert once a year, if you if you have this NFT, right? So that's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. That's gonna be worth a lot of money to a lot of different people. The Memor- sports memorabilia, music memorabilia, this is already billions and billions of dollars industry. Uh, and, and the cool thing about NFTs is that you can verify them, right, uh, unlike uh, Forge Signature, which is a lot harder. So that's cool. And then the other thing is, uh, which I've heard which kind of a cool application, um journalists, independent journalists, things like Substack are taking off, NFTing maybe some of their their works or their articles, like you know, I would pay money, you know, I'm sure some a lot of other people would for like Glenn Greenwald's piece back in the Snowden days, right? When he like he that's that was a historic thing when like they uh the the, the piece demonstrating the NSA spying on Americans that was like a historic article. Imagine if you nft that how much you know what I mean like so there's so many different ways you can go around it. and, and, and yeah, uh sorry I cut, I cut you off, but I just wanted to uh explain to people that, that that's that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah.
0: Going going off that actually um I would say verification is like a big utility of NFDs. That's again like there's certain reasons why NFT to me it's not gonna go away because like we don't have any other solutions to these problems. Like this is the mm-hmm. best solution that we have. Like NFT like actually like for example in the fashion industry um if you you know wearing a specific brand and if it's Mm -hmm. you sometimes even like people who buy a lot of them they still don't know if like what they're buying is fake or not in fact they a really large company in new york that distributes like all these like designer brands um they were caught selling fake to people um and then this is like Hmm. a few years ago but like um But that problem, like there's no way you can like, unless you actually work at that company, there's no way you would know. And like all the Mm -hmm. buyers don't know. Um, So all these problems that can be solved uh, with um, actually identifying things and verifying things with NFTs, right? So like you get your Rolex, um, you want to have your NFTs Mm -hmm. with it because that shows that's actually uh, not a fake version. That's the authentic version, right? And that goes to the same, uh, like, and then I think another another utility that I really like is also, you know, um, athletes, their um, health information is like storing that into NFTs is is really interesting uh, concept. So like their health information cannot get revealed to the public or like let's say like insurance companies and so on and so forth, because if it does, then it obviously is detrimental to the career. Um, but like having a safe place for actually... Com- like communication and then also storing data that you still own it It's clear like who owns it and what it is, but like people maybe don't have access to it, right? Um, so certain things like that I found that like um, th- We don't have the solutions for them um, and NFTs is the solution So that's one of the reasons I don't like I actually at the time we're speaking like search terms uh, sorry search inquiries for NFTs has gone down um, as far mm-hmm. as like how many people are actually searching for it. Um, and you know, the market has been like slower at the moment. Um, and, but the, the utilities that NFTs bring to us, it's just, we don't literally, we don't have any other solutions for, mm-hmm. for some of the problems. So that's why I think NFTs going going to stay. But so many large companies, um, you talked about gaming companies. So, so many of them already bought a lot of land in sandbox in the virtual and uh, in the metaverse, yeah. right? So that's right. I think you just did right. Oh. Adidas has it. Uh, Sony, um uh, like so many, so many different. Co- Atari, Atari's Atari
1: like Atari yeah, it was, has oh, so right, right. much. Yeah, they have land <laughs> everywhere. So, <laughs> I didn't know Atari still existed. That was I remember hearing that. I was like, they're still around. What do they do? <laughs> <Well>, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, the uh the fashion one, obviously, another excellent example. I think it's it's getting borderline uh, irresponsible. For some of these high-priced, like a like a Chanel purse, you're paying four or five grand for, which are quite easy to uh, replicate. Um, why wouldn't that have an NFT on that a Rolex. I actually had. You know, this is this is this is a thing. You know, sort of in LA right now, where a lot of people getting robbed of their jewelry and their watches in particular, because watches are one of the highest-priced items people carry on. I actually had my Rolex stolen uh, a couple of years ago, several years ago, uh, three years ago. Um, I was able to get it back because uh, I, I tagged the serial number and I, uh, it just so happened that somebody, not the person, who, people who sold it for me, but other individuals who bought it later down the chain brought it in, uh, which is one of the cool things about Rolex, you have to, you know, authorized Rolex dealer has to fix it because something broken it. And, um, and then they, because it was flagged, they, they confiscated it, but then, you know, I still had to have, uh, the, the procedure was, I either had to take them to court or to uh, pay them off in order to release it to me. And, you know, I'm an attorney, so luckily I was, I was able to demonstrate, like, uh, it's not gonna go well for you, trust me, because <laughs> you, you clearly bought this stolen property. But every Rolex should have a, like you said, it should have an NFT associated with it. That way you could always know, is this a stolen good? Is this fake? Yeah. You don't have the NFT. It's so, all I mean, clear on the blockchain. It's a no brainer. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that 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 absolutely needs to happen, uh, particularly for these high-priced ticket items. Like, I'm sure the movement will be strong enough to post them for it. Cause there's really no downside to doing it. You protect your own customers and your brand. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Are there any, uh, projects? I know, you know, obviously you probably have NDAs from projects you work for and, and you, you can't talk about some of them, but to the extent that you can talk about others, uh, any projects, interesting areas, uh, in, in the NFT space that you're looking at, that you think are, are interesting that you know people should should look into
0: yeah there are two projects uh wall street fam and tribex um both of them are two the last very, one sorry uh so tribex
1: mm-hmm.
0: tribex okay. yeah, so both of them are very uh so uh wall street fam uh they're very uh it's focused on helping busy professionals getting into the nft world Getting into the uh, Web three, so going from Web two to Web three. Uh, TribeX is also like the focus is actually getting minorities um, and also people who didn't really, um, I guess, make a ton of profit from like when we got to Web two, but now there's Web three and then they want to actually not mess out again. Uh, for those people, like they produce a ton of content, um, and so uh, to make it make it simple for people to actually be able to get into uh, the NFT world. And um, I know, like uh, the Wall Street fan, they have this uh, product. So their their thing is just like they have one of their avatars is busy moms, and they created this um, product for busy moms that's called the vibrator. Um, and and then essentially what that does is is literally um, yeah. So it's basically it's it's helping helping people figure out. Uh, the rarity of a specific NFT that they're buying so imagine like let's say in the past if you if anyone who's like a trader would listen to this you would have to pick like let's say you bought an NFT, you would have to go and like check its rarity on a specific website like the rarity.tools or whatever Mm -hmm. um, and then figure out okay how rare is it um and based on what attributes but now what this product does it will show you in a second like all the like the actual like price line of uh, the, the project and what, what are some, uh, some of the NFTs that are below that. Um, and if you essentially buy them, that would mean you would make the most profit. Right. Um, and so they're trying to make it easier for people to actually make money and also make it accessible mm-hmm. for people to just not, not get scammed. More transparency. Yeah, more transparency. And then mm-hmm. also just be able to just get into this without like having to go through complicated things, right which may some people may not be able to do. So it's just like, literally, it's just like a software. You just plug it in and then you would be able to see any projects you want. You can see there's literally like a line where it shows like the, the price line for things. And then like below it, it's like all the um, NFTs that you could buy um, and they have like high rarity, but they're also like the price is matching that
1: um, high rarity. So like you, you would actually like profit a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the, the vibrator vibrator is the way to go. <laughs> I like the name. Uh, cool. And so, um, give give us like a like a sort of your last sort of like prediction for for where the space can be. We're in twenty twenty two. Um, tell us what to expect in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think uh one aspect that we didn't talk about is is the SaaS so software as a service companies. They're going to like they some of them already picked up on this. But they're going to use um actually nfts as a way to sell their software so just like how you said like for example garyby has this restaurant you have to have the nft to be able to actually even go to that restaurant and buy food mm-hmm. um software uh, companies they're going to do the same so they're going to have these nfts you have to buy them um, and then you'll be able to actually buy the software or you know be able to use the software but um mm-hmm. the so that's like a big application and that's actually so far proven to be better business model than the traditional business model for uh -hmm. software as a service someone actually literally just um did the numbers um and actually there's a youtube video on this i don't know where it is right now but there's a youtube video on this guy literally just actually measured to see a bunch of companies they've done this and like how much more money they made because they had the NFTs. now um so i think Companies. The the point is, I think companies, small businesses, um, large companies, especially SaaS companies, I believe they're going to come into the NFT world. And I know that because, you know, I have agency partnership with a lot of these like LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, all these platforms. Um, I get to actually see what's coming before it is coming. So I know some large companies they already have some ads uh, set up. It's like drafted to just tell people about NFTs. Because they're trying to like mm-hmm. create awareness for NFTs and then roll out something about um, roll out a specific part of their business as a form of NFT. Um, and so, so I think the prediction is that small businesses, um, large businesses, that's going to be actually. Um, I don't know if it's going to take over all the artsy parts of things, but that's going to be a, a huge proportion of um, you know the the NFT community. It's just going to be all these people who are actually um like a lot of the nft founders going to be like actual founders of companies versus just like artists or developers like i think that Mm -hmm. that is going to shift now i don't know if it's going to be more um more nft founders that are not artists or developers but i think there's definitely going to be a lot more um nft founders that were just existing founders of small businesses and uh you know large Mm -hmm. large companies
1: about and the what about the investment aspect of it how do you see that changing or going, uh, you know, short to medium term. Yeah. So right now,
0: right now, because for, so a lot of NFTs are for people who don't know, there are are, a lot of them are on the Ethereum blockchain and then on Solana Mm -hmm. blockchain. So um, the price of Ethereum is low uh, or lower than what it was. Um, And so when, when actually projects uh, list their pricing for NFTs as, as the current, uh, based on the current market, what happens is like in the future as the Ethereum price goes up, uh, people are actually gonna have like more valuable things. So let's say in 0.1 Ethereum right now, um, it may be a whatever that, whatever dollar amount that is, let's say in two, three months, that's gonna be mm-hmm. a lot more money. Um, and I'm not saying by the way, Ethereum right. is gonna go up, but I'm, I'm just like saying, like, year, once right. once it does. Yeah. Exactly. Once it does, so that's that's gonna happen as well. So um so that's what I believe as far as the you know the the, the projection of things like where where things are going, um, and the the um, if if we're gonna have more more or less investors, I think a lot of investors out there they they want to invest but they don't know how to, um, and so I think with projects coming in and just like showing people how to do things and just more awareness, I think a lot more people are actually gonna get in and actually invest. I get a ton of messages from investors just saying, hey, like what do mm-hmm. I invest? I've got money, like what do right. I do? Um, and so i think that's going to change that's going to change but they're going to have more awareness they're going to be able to know like you know where to invest their money so um if anything i think it's just going to get better um but i'm biased yeah, so. yeah well
1: it's, it certainly is the wild west out there and uh just like the internet was in the late 90s and uh you know it'll probably take a, f- a, a few more years for the you know dust to clear and, and we could see what's actually uh you know What's actually feasible? What's actually worthwhile? What's actually has real demand, uh, real fans, real following, and what's what's all you know bullshit? What's what the Amazon is and what the pet? Not, not I don't know if anything can be Amazon but like you know what what the relative Amazon is and what the pets.com is, right? I think that that'll probably be some of those companies uh, will fit into one of those camps, and we should be able to figure that out in a couple of years, I think. So uh, yeah, been Hamza, been pleasure man, a really interesting conversation. Where can uh, people find more about you? Yes, yeah, so on all
0: socials is Arvin K NFT. That is A R V I N K N F T. Um, and on Twitter, I'm most responsive. So like, I'll, if you DM me, I'll I'll uh, most probably like respond fairly quickly to you. Um, and then also, if someone wants to just read case studies or just like look at any other content that I have, um, if they go to SoldOutNFTs.io. So that's S O L D nfts.io um, they can just read the case studies of how projects sell out and it's really good for even investors to read those because they understand if the project is going mm-hmm. to sell out or not if you, if they essentially a project
1: is doing the right things for the marketing they can kind of predict hey if they're mm-hmm. going to sell yeah, out and I said a little bit of the uh, the research uh, that you can do beforehand so great man Thank, thanks so much for watching with me uh, really appreciate it if you enjoyed our show please click subscribe to stay up to date with our YouTube channel and podcast and give us a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can keep delivering guys some great content thanks for listening and we will be back next week